It is Wednesday, May 17th. Welcome back to the GOAT District via the Player Profiler Network. Tonight, one of the sharpest high-stake drafters on the planet, Austin Martin, joins us for a packed 60 minutes. We talk Chris Olave rocket ship, converging dynasty into redraft for profits, and so much more million-dollar winning advice. Fasten your seatbelt. Let's get it. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? We are back in the district tonight on this fine Wednesday afternoon. And there it is. We've got a full crew in the house. We've got a monster guest tonight. You see him beside me. You've got the OG fantasy from the player profiler. You've got the overhyped sleeper. No E on the end. He's too good for it. Dan Williamson at AMS Schellenberg making a huge appearance tonight. And tonight's special guest, the main attraction at Austin R. Martin 84 on the Twitter machine. One of the most respected players in high stakes fantasy, crushes dynasty, crushes every draft he enters, even took down 500 grand in the FFPC playoff challenge. This man is Austin Martin and welcome to the district, brother. Hey JD, thanks for having me. Been looking forward to it. Yeah, us too, man. Always a great time when we have Austin on. Yeah, last time we had Austin on, it was me and Austin just going one on one, and now we got a full a full house go right. trick. So this is going to be two ends of the extreme. Right? This is the respect that Austin deserves. Does Which anybody have video of that, Theo? Or what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Austin, uh, you know, entertain us a bit here. How many rookie drafts have, have you done in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, been a couple busy couple of weeks. Uh, Forty four. So tried to try to tighten up the portfolio a little bit this year. So 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 give us a bit of a taste. I know you want to share like all your secrets, but what who are who's one of your favorite guy that you got in your bags? Maybe maybe a guy you got a really high percentage of in, in your drafts. Oh, we can share it all. I mean, they're in nice, the books now. Nice. So <laughs> do it. Let's do it. Um so we had we had lots of rookie picks this year. Uh we were pretty aggressive acquiring picks last year and had some good fortune in terms of acquiring picks that ended up being early top of the draft. Um, and we weren't really in the camp of, you know, selling those picks high or selling them late in the season. So, you know, we probably had uh, like one in three quarters, first round picks per team. So 
we're overweight on quite a few players um, and really only underweight on a couple players in the first round. As far as the first, you know, two rounds or early, even in the, into the early third, I guess, you know, Marvin Mims is the guy. He's the guy that we kind of really planted our flag on in terms of uh, both going up to get him or kind of sitting back and waiting in some cases. Uh, ended up close to 30% on him, which, you know, is pretty heavy for us in terms of, you know, a top 24 pick in rookie drafts. So that was the guy that we were uh, kind of flag planted early on. It felt like all the way through the process, you know, he was checking all the boxes, uh, early declare, early breakout, extreme efficiency numbers, uh, went to the combine, absolutely crushed it. Sean Payton goes up and gets him with his first pick as a Denver Bronco. And he kind of just gets pushed down uh, because he's perceived to be, you know, kind of in a log jam at, in Denver. So uh, I think things change fast in the NFL and, you know, with every other box being checked, uh, he was a guy that we kind of flag planted on. They were dead last in points per game. So I think that the whole like log jam at wide receiver thing is, is such a like a false argument. They need playmakers there. And Mims, Mims is great. I, I have 21% Marvin Mims, Austin. <laughs> And we moved yeah. him up in the in the dynasty. You got to do a bicep curl when you do so when you say that. Theo. Like, like, no, I, 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 I'm waiting. I'm, I'm bearing the lead. I have one real one that I really want to brag. That's going to get like Austin and Andrew all, all hyped. So Austin, <laughs> who is your is that your your highest highest own now is Marvin Mims. What about for like the first round guys? First round guys. So uh, looks yeah, like they, so Mims is going wide receiver eleven. Hey eh, Austin, right now in, in FFPC rookie drafts, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would take him wide receiver five. I mean, yeah. that's that's like firmly where I have him. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so like f- first round, we ended up with, you know, I'm happy. We got like 14% Bijan, 16% Zay, ended up uh, around 10, 11% on Gibbs and Kincaid. Um, you know, we'll get to it, but like yeah. Addison is really the only guy that I didn't get as much as I wanted just wasn't in great spots to, to land him, you know, but we didn't, we didn't leave empty handed. I had shared the one trade with you guys a little earlier where we went up and got him when he fell to one Oh six, one time. So I was pretty happy with that. But um, Charbonnet and, and Quentin Johnston are really the two that we faded and, you know, Quentin Johnston one has me a little anxious. I mean, anytime you have a, Athletic receiver tied to Justin Herbert, you know, it's it's not necessarily a situation you want to be totally out on. Uh, so a li- little anxious there. Did go get him in that Dynasty Depot Masters League. So not totally boxed out. But, um, yeah, we, we have some pretty good exposure throughout the first. And uh, in terms of the back end running backs, we were kind of like 2x the field on uh, Devin Achain, uh Kendra, and Roshan. So we – we filled up on all those guys who I think have, you know, clear paths to year one opportunity. So pretty happy uh, with the overall outcome there uh, as far as those first couple of rounds goes. Yeah, anyone you, anyone you wish, sorry, Theo, I saw your mouth. No, I, have, I, I, I really want to flex this one, but I, I have one more question for, for Austin. Austin, and this is the kind of like the Omerta Austin where you're doing redraft now and you're doing best ball. So you don't want to give away like that, 
that rookie that that might pop and scheme <laughs> up during the summer. You got to give us something here. You've got to have a late round guy that you kept banging the drum on. I'll tell you, for me, I have for like my late round guy, I have thirty five percent Eric Gray, and I have thirty one percent Evan Hole. I took shots on both those guys whenever possible. Um, you know, thinking they are going to win the hand, handcuff job and, you know, all those kind of outs. Is there a guy that you kind of bang the drum on that you saw yourself continually drafting in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round? Well, Hall is, I'm looking at the list right now and he's third on my list. We had 28% Hall. Um, Daneric Prince in the, in the seventh round was a guy that we fired away on. He ended up being our most, most owned player. Um, but Sean Tucker, Evan Hall, Dwayne McBride, you know, all these guys were available in the fifth, sixth round a lot. Tucker was more of a third, fourth round guy. I, I, uh, tried to let him fall a little bit, but you know, we've got, we've got some pretty serious Rashad white bags. So just kind of trying to get a little bit of a cheap hedge in there. Dan, who was your like late round guy? I know you have a lot of Prince, uh, Dan, I believe, is yep. there any other guys you really bang the drum on? These are this is a fun question, man. Yeah, uh, Sean Tucker was was my guy. So after spending the entire uh, season leading up to the NFL draft, banging the drum for you know draft capital really matters and all that, uh, I, I end up taking a whole crap ton of the uh, the undrafted guy. But I I loved his talent. Um, I felt like he you know. He probably would have gotten drafted if he hadn't had the medical issues um, and probably gotten drafted pretty high. And I love the situation that he fell into. So, you know, was, he, he was a guy that, you know, it was cheap and why not take chances on him? So I, I am loaded up on Sean Tucker. Yeah. And then I think those are always like the really interesting ones because those picks are guys you're probably going to cut anyway. Right. So I don't understand some of these. They're the easiest like, to manage. Yeah, and you see a lot of these FFPC managers taking like these veterans that you know are going to be cut, where you could just do this sort of thing. Although I did fall on Austin. How many uh, Travion Williams shares did you guys draft in like Travion Williams mania? Because I, I know Andrew, you jumped on that too, huh? I jumped in there. I have some Travion. No, I'm out. You're out. Good. Okay, that was the, yeah. that was a logical move. That was a logical move. But I think you know. When you see everybody doing it, you don't want to have zero. But I guess you faded you faded that narrative. Uh, there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of players to take in that range that we liked, and um, I don't know. I'm not like a, a big Chase Brown truther, but you know we we did scoop him up a few times in the third. Uh, I've I've gone to this Cincy well so many times. I mean I, I you know I'm the original Rodney Anderson truther. The Chris Evans. I mean, we've we've done this. We've yeah. You got to do it. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it it, it just kind of seems like somehow against all odds, Joe Mixon is going to come through all this clean. <laughs> so it's wild. It, that, that's the takeaway right there, Austin. I know I, I know we're going to get into deep into some more specifics here, but one quick, just because you're in Minnesota, we're talking running backs. We're talking about late rookies, Dwayne McBride. How do you like his chances now that uh, sounds like Dalvin's probably not in Minnesota next year? Yeah, I mean, I think he's really interesting. We we fired on Ty Chandler a few times too, though. I mean, these guys, they're I think they're they offer just just as much in terms of you know a, a pure runner as Madison does. I don't think Madison is special. I mean, he's just 
He's a he's a really he's a solid fill in back. I think you know when he uh, gets spot start duties, he can deliver. I don't think he's a guy you want to hang your hat on for an entire season. Um, and I think that that's going to prove itself out. You've seen this with with all kinds of guys through the years. Like Chase Edmonds kind of stands out as a guy that you saw this with where in limited action he looks good, but once he's got to be the guy week in, week out, it's a, it's, it's a different game. So, yeah, so I, I'm interested in McBride, Ty Chandler. I mean – if that's what they're going with, it's going to be a lot of a lot of passing. Ty Chandler versus Dwayne McBride is super interesting because, like Dwayne McBride, got like a little bit of steam, um, where there's a lot of Dwayne McBride people, are, and he was like seven yards per carry, but he didn't catch any passes. Like yep. Ty Chandler, at least has some pass catching ability, where he wasn't great, but he was give, you know catching around 20 balls a year so at least that's part of the game i wonder about a year in the system and being a little more versatile but i think you kind of nailed it where it's like alexander madison's going to get to a point where he's going to get overdrafted that the being able to handle it week in week out was really sharp for you to say because like that's the thing like when these guys can't just go from being 150 carry guys to you know 250 carry guys that's really really hard to make that switch so I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. If, I think in Dynasty, this is Ma- Madison's sell window, in my opinion, if you can if you can cash out on Madison. Where are you on that? Yeah, I mean, Dan and I are, are in a league, and my team's kind of, you know, one of my worst teams, so I, I'm kind of just going for it as opposed to uh, rebuild. I mean, I have some pieces to compete, and uh, we were offered the 204 for Madison, and, and I scooped that up um, on a team that we have Delvin, so it's kind of a, it's an interesting spot. I mean, you can look at that a, a quite a few different ways, really. Um, kind of like splitting aces. Are you, you know, are you going to get get uh, both of these to run out for you? Maybe. Uh, we ended up using the pick on Marvin Mims and give ourselves a, a shot at some youth. So it always comes back to Mims, right, guys? He's, uh, he's a big topic of the show. Guys, we got to get into the meat of it. We got to get into the goodness. Before we do that, we got a little bit of housekeeping. Guys, remember to check us out on the Goat District YouTube channel on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Google, Apple, you name it, we're there. But every Wednesday night, 9 p.m., you'll find us right here, Player Profiler. And right now we got to go to the boss and let him say a couple words. You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a Dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, Best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. Chris Olave just put up 1,000 yards, over 1,000 yards as a rookie with Jameson and the Red Rocket. 
as his quarterback, Austin. Right now, he's going in the Devontae T. Higgins, DK Metcalf tier in redrafts, like mid-third round-ish. Is that value for you, or are you seeing this like a trap for fantasy drafters going into 2023? Oh, I don't think there's anything trappy about that that type of a pick. I mean, super safe at a, at a minimum with you know pretty pretty decent upside. I think I'd put him behind behind Smitty, uh, ahead of DK. Coin flip with T. I mean, he's right there. I think that's where he belongs. Uh, I think he's an easy click in the middle of the third. I think he probably, you know, belongs closer to the two, three turn. I think he'll steam up more in the summer because I think you can't find a sharp player not on Chris Olave. Um, And if you just look at all the air yards to go with the 70 plus catches and the thousand plus, uh, you know, yards receiving plus the top 10 draft capital, plus his target competition, like he screams like breakout kind of guy. But it's weird, though. You can't find anybody who's negative on Chris Olave right now. Like, good luck finding somebody who doesn't like him right now. Yeah, maybe. Is that the, is that the piece that should give you a pause? I just took him off. I just took him at the 202 in, in a startup. So, like, I'm I'm all in. Um, but, yeah, you, you make interesting, like, conversation there. Because, like, DK Metcalf versus Olave versus oh, that's easy that's... versus t higgins like those questions come in i'm on Olave versus all those guys i might go Olave over devonta smith like i think that's an interesting one because he's a baller mm-hmm. but again Olave has to me a, cl- a clear lack of target competition um and Derek carr you know has having tunnel vision for his for his top target continually dan where are you at i know you like Olave, but how how much do you like him yeah, I like Olave. I think he's pretty fairly valued here. I mean, you know, basically the main thing you really need to worry about with Olave is, you know, like uh, Michael Thomas rising from the dead again or something like that. That would that that would be the like, the worst possible thing. Michael Thomas zombie. You know, yes, and it you know, and I I've just seen enough weird things happen to believe that it could happen. Uh, you know, but weird things can happen to almost every player. So I, I like Olave where he's at. I'm definitely going to be at least even late on him. Anytime you have a new quarterback coming into an offense, as much as, you know, we love a lot, you never know who he's going to latch, you know, kind of gel with the most. And it's all about how quick they build the rapport for me. We're going to see that early, uh, whether that's in camp or early in the season, it, it all, it all fall, you know, on car for 2023 for me and all the pieces around him. Juwan Johnson. I know Dan likes him. He's an interested undrafted tight end, especially with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Troutman going uh, to Denver with with Peyton. So again, we talk about narrow target tree in New Orleans. We definitely have one. Let's go over to Seattle. We talk running backs. We touched a bit on the um, on the rookies. You've got Walker there last year, a second round pick in Seattle. Showed you know gave us over a thousand yards. He he was twenty seven receptions, nine TDs. There's not not much this kid didn't do as a rookie in that offense. And then you've got Sharbs Charbonnet, who is also a second round pick. He's going in the eighth, ninth round. Walker going in the fourth. Austin, are you hammering either of these guys specifically? Or are you kind of splitting the pie? How are you approaching this Seattle backfield? I mean, if I can help it, I'd like to just avoid it altogether. I mean, that that's kind of the easy answer. Um, I mean, I like Walker's talent better. I think, you know, everyone kind of does. He's the more explosive runner. Uh, for the right build, if he falls, you know, if he's in that fourth, fifth round, it's, it's probably fair. He's probably got the upside. You know, he can break away those long runs and 
that offense should hum, uh, but it's a, it's a mess. I mean, you have you have to you have to be concerned. Uh, we're going to see some Kenny McIntosh nonsense. I mean, it's it's coming. So I'd like to just stay away. You know, I mostly avoided Charbonnet and in, in rookie drafts. Took him one time. Um, I'll probably draft a receiver there. The fear is JD. I th- I feel like the fear is it could be some kind of a weird split where one has like the two minute work. One has the goal line work. That's what I worry about. But I, th- I feel like Billy Muzio, who was just in the chat, got a fifth round Kenny, uh, Ken Walker recently. Like, I feel like when, when you start talking about fifth round Ken Walker, then it, it really becomes worth it in redraft and best ball because we've seen the ceiling, like you talked about JD. And also the biggest indicator of future fantasy success is past fantasy success. So, like, we really are I, – I mean, we talked about Charbonnet for months here in the GOAT district, but we didn't think that we'd have to have Charbonnet versus Ken Walker discussion. Oh, yeah, the problem is they're too – other than the speed, they're too similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you're, you could easily see a hot hand situation, and that's, like, the worst scenario. You can't plan around that as a fantasy player. I think that at least early on we'll get a change of pace Charbonnet, and I think that'll be doable. I think that the problem is, like, Pete Carroll is a coach that rewards uh, strong play – and he's not afraid to bench somebody. So, like, you worry about a timely fumble where Charbonnet is not, something like that where, like, Walker could lose time. Austin's probably right. It's probably a, it's probably a situation to avoid when you can. But I think that there's potential value in Walker as he starts to slide. And if the ADPs start to converge, that's the kind of backfield where you make your money, um, where there's kind of like an, a little bit of ambiguity in the backfield um, you know, you bet on one horse and then hopefully that one hits and Walker, we've already seen it. So it's tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm drafting, uh, Charbonnet fairly confidently when, especially when he slips to the ninth round, um, uh, just because of the fact that, you know, it, it, at that point, um, uh, you're looking at players that, that all have flaws. So, you know, he fits right into that, that same range. Uh, you know, and you, you can definitely see a path where he can end up with, um, you know, definitely some big weeks. Um, uh, and if anything happens to Walker, you could, he could have a huge year Walker. I'm, I, I, I really kind of almost need to see him fall into the very late fourth or the fifth to, to really want to grab very much of him. I won't, I won't be, you know, completely bag free, but, um, my, my bags might be a little bit light on Walker. And usually when there's uncertainty guys, especially like this. I mean, take the cheaper guy, right? If you, especially with certain builds, I mean, mm-hmm. Charms is, is nice value. Like you said, Dan, maybe craps, cre- craps creeps a little, uh, a little later. And that gives even nicer value. Dan's Dan's bringing his luggage and it's Louie. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, caught me off guard, but I didn't have it ready. The air horn. We'll get on in the next one. You have to crack another one, Theo. So Detroit, obviously, I mean, we see them now in the schedule, opening it up against KC. So you know that they're like the, they're a hot team. Everybody's loving Detroit coming into the season. They've got some new weapons, old weapons, the flash. They've got guys going in their, you know, second season. They got a hot new rookie running back. Jamison Williams, uh trouble a- a- again, you know, injury or, or whatever. He's not on the field. He's not going to be on the field for a bit. So that opens up the the opportunities there, Austin. Are you taking a guy like uh or sorry, First of all, let's let's backtrack. Where's the value without Jamison? Like, where are you finding the value in in this offense? And are you taking guys like um, 
ARSB. I don't know why I'm looking at ARSB and it's it's like screwing me up. Gibbs, Monty, uh, their new running back. Where where is the sneaky value? Where's the value? And and where do you think that Jameson targets go in this offense? Well, I think it's an offense that everyone's excited about and and rightfully so. Um, I liked Gibbs a little better when he was in the fifth. Uh, you know, it's it's he's kind of steaming up there a little bit. It's getting a little hot. Um, is he going to live at, live at that two three turn now, or or where does it stop? Uh, it doesn't stop until opening night, Austin, where he steams yeah, into the first yeah, yeah. round. What where he was he pre NFL draft? You guys remember where he was going, or is that the fifth? Yeah, he was Austin, in the fifth. You got him in the Hardway Best Ball. You got him in the Hardway Best Ball in like the sixth round. Yeah, it yeah, was it was so. like it was the fifth. It was it was five was fifth, uh, okay. wherever I picked five oh okay. three. I think okay. I only did a couple of early best balls, and and that's where he he was living is in the fifth. Um, I mean, he he had to move up, uh, so it makes sense. You know, where's the value? It, the value might be Jamison. Um, where is he going now? Ninth, tenth round? Yeah, yeah, he's he's going pretty late. Uh, I believe. Yeah, ninth, tenth. Yeah, I mean St. Brown. I think anywhere um, starting at the one-two turn, like that's where he should go. I don't know if it's a huge value, but I don't think he's being overvalued by any means. So are you going um, St. Brown or Devontae Adams on the clock? St. Brown. What about uh, with AJB? Uh, Give me AJB. Lamb? Damn, that's close, though. CD. Okay. Theo, anything to add? No, I think that... I, I'm pretty much with Austin on those OTC choices, but ARSB is like a great, great value. I think what's under uh, like underrated is being able to get a really, really fast start. Like with your, yeah. with your, especially in like main events and, and football, football guys, or excuse me, the, the fantasy pros uh, <laughs> players championships, because if you can get those like torrid pace where Amon Ross St. Brown is like 30 plus percent target share. And even like with Gibbs, when you start trying to like pick out the secondary targets on that team, Laporte is going to be on the field a lot, but he's a rookie tight end. Like Gibbs, I feel like is going to return a lot of value early, um, and I think that he's going to be utilized a ton as a receiver. They've already talked about using him in the slot, so I know he's getting steamed up, but I think it's 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 you know I, pretty I, warranted. I, I kind of got Billy's. Uh, I, I had in my notes Marvin Jones if this came back. Oh, to he me. couldn't. I, Billy he couldn't let that slide. I mean, four four six speed. <laughs> this guy's two years removed from giving us four top twelve. You know, wide receiver one production. You never know with with Jamison gone. You know, maybe they depend on old he, Yeller to. to he, give it he's a, that Sunday morning cut after you realize he got a zero point <laughs> zero on Thursday night football. Don't say that. To, don't say that to Billy. Don't I just it. said it to Billy. <laughs> He's a Marvin Jones fan, big time. All right. A- Andrew loves his old players. Yeah, and, and loves Andrew them. loves his old players, and Theo loves his young rookie tight ends. So, guys, let's talk rookie tight ends, okay? I mean, to me, I think this is obvious, but we got to ask it, and we'll go to Austin first, obviously. Tell us who your tight end one and who your tight end two are and where you're drafting them right now in redraft as rookies. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Kincaid is my tight end one. You know, I, I took him in the 5K at 105. Um, so I kind of have him in his own little mini tier. And then I think it's really close between Meyer and Laporta. Almost got shut out on those guys. I mean, we, we ended up with a, a little bit, but, 
in that range, I was I was just taking, you know, I was taking the Zay Flowers, I was taking the Devin Chain, you know, the Kendrays, the Roshans. Well, Roshan was after the, those tight ends, I guess. But, you know, and most of my teams were in pretty decent shape at tight ends, so I wasn't forcing them up and, and kind of prioritize the receivers and running backs. But I'm not totally convinced that I nailed that necessarily i mean there's there's definitely some ambiguity there those tight ends are probably safer in terms of redraft though gosh you know i've i've uh a little bit been a little bit out of those streets here for the last like month and a half kind of just tightening up these dynasty rosters and getting ready for the rookie drafts where are they going in the so I, was rounds? Gonna, I was just gonna give you that that info there so i'm looking at uh players the fantasy pros championship right now on the ffpc so king kate is in the seventh mid seventh and then you've got laporta at the end of the 10th myers goes a couple picks or sorry around later so that's kind of where they are now so seven ten and eleven are the rounds that those guys are going right now yeah i mean i just kind of want to see the the continued positive drum beat with Kincaid. i mean he could probably pay that off uh if they use them like like they're suggesting they might they they need playmakers. So you uh, so you're you believe like if you're if you're looking at twenty twenty three redraft, you you're good with rookie tight ends to produce for you. Uh I'm saying that, that <laughs> seventh round might not be totally out of the question for Kincaid. Okay. Uh, it probably wouldn't be the way I'd be trying to build my teams. Uh I'm open minded to that though. Uh I'm yeah, not the, which, yeah, I'm like I'm not prioritizing them. So, so Austin, the, the good news is Kincaid's min is seven six. His ADP is eight ten for now. So maybe it's a little, more, a little more palatable. But I think to that point is, you probably wouldn't feel comfortable with him as your only tight end. But if you're taking no. or, 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 or first tight end, but if you're taking him at the eight and he's not your first tight end, then you're spending a lot of draft capital on tight end in those first ten rounds. And I think that maybe that's your point on on the the not building that way. Right. I've I've wasted eight eighth round picks on dustier and and less proven tight ends yeah, than sure. Dalton Kincaid. I mean, Albert O comes to mind. I mean, we we can I mean, we can roll off on OJ Howard for me. You, you can get the other Dalton at about the exact same price. And if I given the choice between the two, I'll take Dalton Kincaid yeah. ten times out of ten. Little, little different, little different offenses, Dan. I'm not going to be a Dalton Dalton Schultz hater this offseason. Since You're he's not? going at a reasonable time, I'll give I'll give a rest on that. But I'll say Billy Billy made a good point in the chat where they're probably getting drafted like towards their peaks. Um, but I don't think that it's it's wrong because Kincaid and Laporta are both in exciting offenses and they're both going to be on the field a lot of uh, for you know the whole time basically. And Kincaid, they're talking about moving him around, using him in the slot, and also as we see in these tournaments, the stacking becomes a big thing. And a Josh Allen uh, Kincaid build is very doable. Um, you could do a, a, a Gabe Davis and Kincaid with Josh Allen, you know, non-Stefan Diggs stack, and that's going to be there. Um, and Laporta, I don't know, like Laporta has just got that that real upside. Um, the guy's a yak monster, and it's an offense where we believe in the offensive coordinator 
and we believe in them putting up points again. So I don't know. It's it's tough to kind of bite. And they're the they're loving him right now, Laporta. Like the coaching staff is like yeah. you know loving him. Everybody's <laughs> loving him right now. So the, the the only thing I'll say with those two, I'm not big you know rookie tight end in redraft, but those two guys specifically, I do see their ADPs going up because. We all know, man, once you see these guys on the field, you know, everybody's getting uh, their, their rookie fever back uh, in, in full flex, especially when these guys are wearing equipment and we start seeing Josh Allen chucking some balls to Kincaid, you, you know, you know, those, those ADPs are going to go up. So let, let's go kind of stay in the tight end area. But two guys that we liked in this uh, channel last year, I guess, are Chig and, and Dulcich, right, out there in Tennessee and in Denver. Um, are these guys you like? Uh, where, well, actually, let me give you the, the info first, Austin. So if you're looking at, or actually, you know what? Let me ask you, where would you put the two tight ends that I, Chig and uh, Dulcich versus the, the tight ends we just we just uh, discussed? If you're looking at like so, a redraft. Oh, like a redraft. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I would put those guys, I would put Chig and Dulcich definitely ahead of Laporta and Meyer. Uh Kincaid, you know that it's being tethered to Josh Allen is is pretty enticing. Um, I think I think that's just a situation to continue to monitor. Um, you know they jumped the Cowboys right to to make that pick. Uh, they need a playmaker. I mean, people kind of cherry picking stats about you know Buffalo doesn't know how to use a tight end this and that. This is. This is crazy talk. I mean, I'm pretty interested. So I think I think Chig is. I'd probably put him kind of right there with Kincaid. Um, it's it's really close. Where would you have those five ranked dynasty wise, Austin? I would have I would have the the three rookies ahead of Chig and Dulcich. I think I think uh, you know we got a small sample with. With Chig and Dulcich, you got the draft capital with these rookies, um, but they're they're I think like, you know, it's Kincaid, and then there's there's probably a small break there. You've got like Fryermuth. It's probably someone else. I'm not and thinking Joku, of Schultz, Komet. Uh, I would have Fryermuth between Kincaid and and the other two rookies. So then Meyer. So Fry. Uh, you get this right. So Kincaid, Fryermuth, Meyer, Laporta, Chig, Dulcich. So I think I think that's just right down the line. That's going to bring you up to like tight end twelve in dynasty. Oh, I you know what? I apologize. I just gave you some redraft numbers. I, I completely yeah, apologize okay. for that. Dan, do you have the? Yeah, I, I have, have Njoku, Njoku after all those guys. Um, I do not have the dynasty numbers. All right. up I, right I could now. pull it. I could pull it up. You know what? I'll pull it up. Let, let's um, let's go to the next one, and then I'll I'll just give the the info because I want to make sure that uh, the the audience is getting the the right ADPs here. So, well, the, apologize the, for that. Dalvin Dalvin Cook. We want to talk. I get like do it. Dan Dan and JD are, and I are talking about Dalvin Cook this week, Austin, and we've talked about this on a couple of player profiler uh, podcasts as well. There's not a whole lot of landing spots for Dalvin Cook where you could see him improving his situation. Is there any that I'm discounting here? Is there any like nuts landing spot? Like we talk about Miami. We don't even want to put that out there with like a chain, but let's talk about some other landing spots. Give me some spots where, where cook could not necessarily gain value, but tread water and maybe improve, improve his ADP. 
You know who could really use a running back like Delvin Cook? The Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not much. Um, Buffalo. Buffalo is probably the one. Uh, yeah, link link him up with, with Brother James. And, uh, you know, Damian Harris is just kind of a guy, you know, between the tackles, grinder. Um, Delvin gives them more explosive, bigger version of James Cook. Um I think that that would be an interesting one, but it gets really dicey after that. Like, there's just not much really out there. Um, you, Billy's almost... dropping the sexiness of the Kansas City Chiefs. We would get <laughs> yeah, I mean the that. Chiefs. And Dallas. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. You're kind of waiting on an injury, right? Waiting for a camp injury, and that maybe opens something up. But um, there's there's not much else out there. Yeah, they. I mean, you know, they could use them a lot of places, but a lot of places Cincy, won't want right? To afford them. Like if yeah. the mixing, if the mixing situation unwinds again, uh, you know, that would be a good one. But yeah, not much with without uh, injuries. It's tough too because you got to think he's got to want to go somewhere where they're contenders. But at the same time, at this point, he's probably just like whatever. You know, just give me a job at this point when you're when you're already uh, you know getting into June almost. I mean, I'm just not so convinced that he doesn't take less. Um, in mini, you mean? Yeah, I mean, yep. that's. I, I'm not sold. He's out the door. Uh, it seems like that's the consensus, though. Uh, everyone seems pretty convinced of that, but I, I think he's going to want a, an opportunity where he can play, contribute. So, what's the number? You know, yeah, how much does I mean, he have to come down? One one could argue that that you know the whole social media business with the Vikings scrubbing them out of you know their media guide or whatever uh, is really just the Vikings kind of playing uh, you know hardball with them and saying hey we're not afraid yep. to get rid of you here yeah. so yep. uh, you know if you want to come to the table and let's agree on a number uh, let's do it but otherwise you're going to be out the door so yeah that's know. how these things are negotiated these days mm-hmm. <laughs> contracts negotiated on they, social they media, even took so, them yeah, off of their uh, twitter profile guys uh, the vikings yep. you know they, they, yep. they, they're flexing madison as as they're running back right now so just to go back before we keep going with the running back position so looking at dynasty on the ffpc you have kincaid which is interesting he's still like in a super flex right now in tight end premium which most people play he's going like round seven so similar to what we were talking about redraft um, and you nailed it. Uh, you pretty much nailed all of them, man. You hit Fryermuth, Myers, you talked about, uh, and Joku Waller's in there. I don't know if you mentioned him. Um, yep. And then you've got um, Laporta in the 12th. And then um, what was the other guy we were talking about? That was it, Myers, right? I think you said, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, It was. we were trying to figure out where Chig and Dulcich slotted in. So, so they're, Waller, in the, I knew they're, they're in the yeah. 11th round. They're in the 11th round. So I knew round. I was missing one. It was Waller. Ahead of Laporta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you've got the three rookies ahead of those two guys. So they've got Laporta. So Laporta, maybe uh, you know Theo's one of Theo's uh, booze this offseason uh, at a nice value right now. And if you're looking for that uh, tight end muscle in Detroit, let's go to one of my favorite guys. You guys know, and 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 guys, check out the draft kit this year, Theo. Uh, the man in the middle is in charge of that bad boy. We can't talk about draft kit with Andrew on the show because JD's turned in a beautiful JK <laughs> Dobbins. Dan turned in one of the most wonderful things I've ever read on Tyler Lockett. It was nice. incredible. But Andrew Schellenberg can't give me Brandon Ayuk. 
So thank you, JD, for reminding me. Yeah, no, we're super excited. Um, the draft kit um, is is coming together really, really nicely. Every single day, we're getting, uh, you know, a lot of our, our entries from our cameo people. Uh, a friend of the Goat District, Andrew Cooper, just turned in his right before the show. That was great. Um, so we're we're getting a lot of great info. We our writers are working really hard. I appreciate that shout out, JD. And use the code Theo for the all in package, like my man Austin did. And you'll get yourself ten dollars off. There you go. There you go. Code Theo, guys. Go get, go get it. Player profiler, the draft kit. The guy I'm highlighting in that kit is J.K. Dobbins, and he's got two guys with him: Rashad White and Cam Akers. They're all 24 years old. <clears throat> Austin, I, I'm going to go to you first, man. You're the special guest, the main event of the evening. Give give me the order of those three guys for me right now. When you're when you're drafting, what order did you see these three running backs? Yeah, so redraft, I'd, I'd say it's Dobbins, uh, Dobbins, Rashad, Akers. And Dynasty, I'd go Rashad, Dobbins, Akers. So I'm a little bit out ahead. I know I know we're fans of Rashad White here on the district. Uh, I, I'm a little bit out ahead on him. Um, I don't think ADP-wise, that's, that's the way it's typically peeling off, especially in redraft, but... You know, that's kind of where I'm at. I want the guy that's catching passes. Um, yeah, Sean Tucker presents maybe a little bit of a problem uh, for Rashad, but I'm not I'm not too terribly worried about that. I think he's established. I think they want him to be the guy. You know, Dobbins, Dobbins has never been fed a, a heavy workload either, and you got all kinds of games that go on with McVay out in L.A., so, you know, they're interesting for sure. I mean, they're appealing at, at their prices, but I don't think they're uh, without risk either. How, how close are they in your rankings? Uh, you know, as far as like, do you have a big gap between any of these guys? Like, are they in the same tier or are they different tiers if you're tiering it? So um, I would say there's a bigger gap between Dobbins and Akers. Um, like I have, I have white and Dobbins closer than, than those two to acres is how I would frame it. Like I pushed up Rashad white into the late fourth in this most recent 5k startup and Dobbins almost came back to us at the, uh, five, six turn. So, you know, the market's seeing a little bit of a gap there and, and it probably should be a little bit closer. I would say for redraft though, JD, you're getting like Rashad white is, is probably the best value of these guys. Like I think Dobbins is the best player um, this year in terms of redraft. Yeah. Like in a like, vacuum but, or whatever, but he's getting steamed up and like Billy's in the chat, like Dobbins has double digit touchdown potential this year based on the quality of the Ravens offense. This could be his year, but like, like Austin said, Rashad white, we've already seen him have a, a 50 plus catch season. Leonard Fournette's gone. This is this is like a 65 catch or more type guy. Those guys are rare. Uh, and Rashad White, like we're really high on uh, again versus other websites at Player Profiler. We have Rashad White as running back 13 in Dynasty. That's well ahead of of what these other sites are doing. So we're we're big on him. But I don't know redraft. If if cost was not involved, I'm going Dobbins. They're all um, they're all that's the, value. the cost that's is the same. White. The cause is the same. They're all going in the fifth round, Theo. Uh, there was we've seen White go a, a lot lower and Dobbins a, a lot higher. So if I'm um, looking fantasy uh, at the fantasy pros championships, which is what I've got up ADP wise, they're all in the fifth round. 
goes J.K. Dobbins, early, mid, Rashad White, and then ends with Akers. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit different when you're looking at the um, – I, I was looking at the uh, best ball tourney. Yep. And definitely uh, Dobbins is going earlier than the other two. It's a Dobbins, uh, small break, Akers, small break, and then uh, Rashad let, White. Let me ask you guys real quick. Does roster construction matter at all with these three? Or are they the same – kind of the same trying to accomplish the same thing when you're drafting them yeah i mean i i like the idea of rashad white well and again i, I may maybe i'm looking at fancy pros last seven days but if i can get rashad white in the sixth round of a fancy pros you know championship i think that that's better than the other two guys in the fifth round uh allowing me that extra wide receiver pick but again that's so if one of them so what you're saying if one of them falls in the, in the yeah sixth yeah round, so yeah. I, I think it's a, if you get one of those guys in the sixth round and it looks like more often than not it's rashad white uh then i'm jumping all over that likely with the the roster construction yeah joe I'm joe carlton saying uh uh sorry um andrew nice and you're here a zero rb kind of guy these are these are nice pieces for those builds right yep mm -hmm. yeah. yeah these guys are all all interesting for sure, but you shouldn't discount the competition between behind Acres uh, either. I mean, Zach Evans was, I mean, he's been like a Debbie Darling, right? And and had a lot of steam. Uh, there's some off-field concerns or character issues, I guess, is kind of the the word with him. But he's got talent, and we've seen McVeigh play these games. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's some risk, but they're appealing. Yeah, I, I have White the lowest of the three, just because I'm just not convinced he can uh, he he can be as effective as a runner um, as the other two. You know, who I I have a lot of lot more confidence in their effectiveness as as being a runner. Uh, obviously, the pass catching worth is worth a lot more, and if they do a lot of dumping off to running back, uh, that brings them right back up there. But uh, you know, I I kind of think there's a good chance there might be some sort of a split backfield in Tampa. Um, whether that's Tucker or whether they give Chase Edmonds another shot or, uh, you know, it, it, something I think might happen there. Uh, you know, who, who knows? They could even sign Kareem Hunt or something. But if he oh. has the receiving work, if, if Rashad White gets the receiving work, though. I'm, I'm here to ruin your Christmas, Austin. <laughs> yeah, don't do that one, Dan. Don't do that It'd one. be just mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. I mean, what what we talked about, Dalvin Cook. There are whispers that he might be going to Miami, but Devin A. Chain. Uh, you know, I, I know Dan and I have been grabbing him. R rookie drafts, underdog. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you gotta love A. Chain in that Miami offense. Austin, what do you expect from the rookie running back in his first season in Miami? Well, don't you know? Don't go out looking at people's projections on this guy because, like. He's just getting massively, you know, some of the some of the popular projections out there, like Mike, I saw Mike Clay put his out there and it's just like embarrassingly low. And I, I don't understand it. Um, you, you have just a couple of a couple of guys, right, with Jeff Wilson and Mostert. I think that I think that A-Shane is going to come in and be the Dolphins fantasy RB1. Uh, I think he'll probably catch 40, 50 balls and he's going to have some huge splash plays. Uh, I think McDaniels is going to drop some, you know, scheme him up and he's going to be pretty interesting. He might be tough to, you know, pick out week to week, you know, when he's going to have those blow up games. Cause you know, he's, he's going to be a big, big splash, big play guy. But um, I don't think they uh, drafted a kick returner in the third round. 
Yeah, and yeah. like Jeff Wilson and and Raheem Mostert are not guys that play, you know, a full season. That's not that hasn't been their yeah. mo for either one of those guys. So like, you and Dan are extremely sharp to be drafting a chain. Like I drafted a lot of a chain in rookie drafts, and I know Billy Muzio is also very high on him. Um, you know, for in terms of redraft, like a chain has a path to be an RB two this year. The problem with a chain is how much can he hold up throughout his NFL career versus like a Kendra Miller. It's more of like a dynasty question. But for this particular year, he's got RB2, you know, potential. Um, you look at all like the big spike weeks that Mostert and Wilson had in that offense, you know, that's a, a coach that knows how to use speed, does a lot of one-cut stuff, and A-Chain can catch the ball. He did it in the SEC, he ran the ball well in the SEC. So, like, he can run inside, dumb, right? too. Yeah, he, yeah. he was very effective inside. inside. Yeah. Very effective inside. Very. He's already inside. he's already up to one ninety two. Come on, he's going to be he's going to be two hundred by the time the season kicks off. South right. Theo, South Theo, Theo I need you to cover your ears for a second, okay? Don't do it, Dan. Don't yes, do it. I'm going to say it. Don't be surprised. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't be surprised if Devon A. Chain ends up outproducing Jameer Gibbs. I got to check my percentages Ooh. before I before I stand up to that sort of co- uh, comment, Dan. I'm only like thirty percent Gibbs right now, so I'm. All right, I guys. I my goal for Gibbs. So guys, don't do that, Dan. Spicy. Guys, we're 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 fifty minutes in almost, and we pretty much did half of our 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 our, our sheet here. So I'm going to do this one a bit more rapid fire. So I'm going to go to Austin. We'll go around. We'll do kind of a quick uh, rapid fire. Give us give me the pick and maybe a couple words. Uh, give me the reason. Michael Pittman and Terry McLaurin, Austin, they're going back to back right now in FFPC uh, FPC drafts in that range. Anyway, similar range. Both averaged yeah. 13.5 last season, and they're both going into new offenses in 2023. Which one do you prefer? Give me McLaurin uh, slightly. Just always been a, a bigger believer in the talent. And give me give me the receiver uh, playing in the NFC East over the AFC South. I think they're going to be in some shootouts. They're going to have to score points if they want to stay in games and probably going to be playing from behind. So I'll take McLaurin there. And then, you know, in terms of the rest of that offense – I think it's Antonio Gibson time. So let's go. Nice. I love that call. I love, love Gibson it. this year, man. He's he's a sweet, especially those late zero RB kind of builds. Uh, he's definitely a, a nice piece to add. Theo, Dan, uh, Andrew, anything to to add on McLaurin and Pittman? Slight lean to McLaurin because uh, the Anthony Richardson factor, a scrambling quarterback, more of a running offense. Uh, even if he has similar target share, you could see Pittman – struggling to put up what he did the last two years. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's got to be uh, McLaurin just by by a hair. Um, you know, if, if we see that, you know, Richardson is absolutely tearing it up in the preseason or something, I'll revisit it. But, um, you know, I'm going to want some of both. McLaurin, but I didn't like Theo being mean to Anthony Richardson. In his <laughs> I love it. I love Anthony. I didn't Richardson, like it. But... I don't know why you had to stay a con. It's fine. We move on. We move on. I, just, it's, I love it's Anthony. Shot at him. I don't like it. Yeah, as much I love my Colts, uh, the rookie quarterback in there. I, I like the enemy uh, factor in, in Washington for sure. You, you never know how he's going to play with those pieces, and F one is definitely a nice one uh, for him to move around. Pickens and Burks, uh, Traylon Burks and George Pickens are two uh, post hype year two receivers that, you know, didn't necessarily hit. Do you prefer one over the other, Austin? What are your thoughts on these uh, receivers? 
Uh, I mean, I like I like both. I'm I'm interested in both. I I'm wanting to uh, roster both. I did unload 5K of Pickens in a a big deal last week where we were able to kind of make a, a big upgrade. But like generally, I'm I'm not looking to unload him. I know there's there's a lot of uh, haters and doubters out there, and uh, you know all, about all the separation stuff and and all that, but. I don't know. I like what the Steelers did in the draft. Um, I think they're going to give give Pickett a little bit more time to operate back there this year, and that should help. So I'm pretty interested. And then, you know, as far as Burks goes, I mean, it's just a volume thing there. Even even if they aren't going to throw all that much, uh, just the competition for targets, it's really, you know, it's him and Chig, right? So uh, I'm pretty interested in both guys. Theo, which one you want? It's, it's Burks. He's going to get an incredible target share. Big breakout year for Burks. Narrow, narrow target tree, definitely in Tennessee. It is Dan, Dan pretty Andrew. narrow. Yeah, it, it, it's looking to be really narrow right now, uh, unless they add somebody. I mean, you know, at this point, you got to be almost thinking about Kyle Phillips. Um, <laughs> you know, when it, 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 you got Westbrook Akine and Kyle Phillips, and you know, there, there's just not much below those top two of. Uh, uh, Burks and Chig. So yeah, I'm I'm much much bigger on Burks than Pickens right now at, at cost, but I'm definitely making sure I have some Pickens too. Um, I'm certainly not out on them, you know, like dynasty teams where I have Pickens. Um, I'm definitely loving it. I'm I'm more than happy to hang on to them. I just Pickens need to move. still rhymes with Higgins, but it's <laughs> Burks, and he's a great seventh round pick before you pivot back to running backs in that eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve range after going uh URB. I wanted to. I just made a trade. Actually, sent uh, Christian Kirk and Pittman and a twenty-four second for Ramondre Stevenson and George Pickens. As much as Pickens might be a a sell, give me Ramondre season all day, baby. Guys, Bijan Robinson. Theo loves Bijan Robinson. Fantasyland loves Bijan Robinson. Nobody doesn't love Bijan Robinson. Austin, <laughs> what are you doing with him in redraft right now? He's going RB two. If that stays kind of the norm rest of the summer, is that where you're at? What are you doing with it? You drafting him, passing? I'll probably just take a wide receiver. Um, I mean, <laughs> just made Andrew's night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like I'm not, you know, if we're talking about like a Tyreek level player and Bijan, I mean, that's that's pretty easy for me. Uh, slips a little bit further back, like closer to the one-two turn. I think he's a little bit more interesting. It's it's also easier for me since I ended up with, you know, almost two x the field in dynasties. So, got that going. So I'm not going to necessarily go out of my way to push him way up. Um, just kind of depends who that receiver, like you know, that one v one. Who is that? Uh, if we're talking about a Lamb versus Bijan, I'm kind of thinking Lamb. Um, Maybe that Garrett Wilson level, like it starts to get kind of really interesting for me. It's crazy. Billy and I talked about this last week, JD, how we thought it was going to be Bijan versus Eckler being in the conversation or Bijan versus Jonathan Taylor. It's Bijan versus Tyreek Hill right now. Mm-hmm. Bijan in the last seven mm-hmm. days is up to six. He's moving up and up. So you're like Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Bijan Robinson, Stephon Diggs. That's your choice. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I on. love Bijan. Give me Bijan can be finishes RB one overall, but those wide receivers are really hard to pass up on right there. Yeah. Dan yeah. Williamson, want to pour a little bit of cold water on the Bijan love, or you're. 
Yeah, I it, back half of the first round, I'm I'm definitely more interested. Once you you start hitting those middle and front half picks, that's it's gonna be really tough to talk me into Bijan. There's just too many good receivers, and you know, it, I, I, I love the talent on Bijan, but we've seen over and over and over again rookie running backs uh, take a while to catch fire, and you know they might not put as much on his plate as what we think they will the first year. Uh, you see rookie running backs hitting the wall, you know, all that kind of stuff. And all those things give me pause when I know I can get a super productive veteran wide receiver uh, and a high-powered offense instead. So it's it's pretty tough for me to pass up that kind of production. One common thread with all the guests and, the, like, the, the awesome guests we have on this channel, the common thread, Dan, proven over yes. upside and hope, right? Proven just seems to always be the choice with all these sharps and Austin is definitely one of our favorite sharps. And we're happy that he joined us again tonight in the district. Austin remind the peeps where they can find you on Twitter and uh, let us know, uh, you know, give us a taste of what else you're going to be drafting this, this off season, where you're going to be uh, dipping into <laughs> us. Maybe people can find you in their draft. I don't think they want to see you in their draft rooms, but you know, maybe they do. Yeah. We'll see how the, how the rest of the summer unfolds. I mean, I'm sure we'll be doing some redraft and, doing some mains, but uh, I think there's going to be a 5K Triflex that's going to be firing up here relatively soon. So nice. if that one catches a little bit of heat, we'll, we'll probably probably find ourselves uh, jumping in there. Um, yeah, on Twitter, shitposting at AustinRMartin84. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, find me in the draft rooms. Yeah, Austin's awesome. Theo, what do we have coming up? player profiler-wise, Theo Greminger-wise, uh, in the next little bit? Uh, so tomorrow, First Class Fantasy, 3.30 p.m., uh, Scott Barrett of Fantasy Points will be on. Next week in the GOAT District, uh, Josh Larkey will be back in the GOAT District, always a friend of the GOAT District. This might be like seven shows in for Larkey <laughs> at this point, so we followed the the Larkey meteoric rise well in the GOAT District, and he's back. Uh, we've got great shows coming up all summer long. Uh, make sure you're also subscribing to the GOAT District. The Goat District is dropping like three episodes a week during the summer. So you're seeing one of them here on Player Profiler. Make sure you're subscribing to Goat District wherever you get your podcasts. Beautiful, beautiful. Dan, we have something coming up later this week. Uh, the the Owner's Lounge, where we drop uh, some Dynasty. You and I co-own some uh, high-stakes Dynasty teams, which we've done eight with. And uh, we like to dive deep on, uh, you know, this week will probably be some rookie drafts, which... Uh, we took part in and uh, we'll, we'll uh, drop the results. Andrew, you're, uh, you took a, a break from La Quinta. Uh, you got anything coming up, buddy? Are you going to join us in the next little bit or what, man? We got to get some Millie Billies going. <laughs> uh, I'm very mercurial. Uh, so you'll have to uh, you'll have to just stay tuned to the Go District and find out. Once Andrew catches the draft fever and starts getting into those uh, fantasy pros and all of that kind of stuff, <laughs> we, 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 we won't be able to get rid of him. He'll be just on all the time. Guys, hard, hard, hard way draft coming up a couple weeks. Hard right? way draft. Yeah, hard way coming up in two weeks. Hard way coming up. I don't know how many more of these leagues I got to win until I get invited to that one. Sorry, we'll talk about that. No, it's, it's, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. Somebody's got to get like whacked, JD. So we'll, yeah, uh, we'll it's like all good, man. I, I don't want to win all your leagues, so it's all good. You guys, you guys enjoy that one, <laughs> guys. We appreciate you guys in the chat. You guys were awesome tonight. We appreciate Billy hanging with us. Nineteen twelve, Harry Snowman, all of it. You guys were awesome. Make sure you tune in again next. Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Guys, we'll check you all later.
District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash offers the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. Fish.